The idea is that there could be these psychotic salmons. If we've got autistic salmons, we've almost certainly got psychotic ones as well. These people's skills are probably deeply embedded in critical social institutions. The specific deficit characteristic of autism, such as um, an inability to monitor and respond to gaze, or difficulty with understanding people's intentions, those um, deficits seem to be the opposite in paranoia, where, for example, um, rather than ignoring gaze, uh, paranoiacs often think that they're being watched or spied on. So this led to the idea, the fundamental idea from which the whole theory began, that uh, if we've got a spectrum of um, autistic disorders, why can't we extend mentalism um, into, um, in the opposite direction, as it were, and see autistics as perhaps hypermentalistic, in other words, too little theory of mind, too little people's sense, too little uh, ability to interact with other people's minds, but see paranoid schizophrenics and perhaps other types of psychotics as, at the other extreme, as hypermentalistic, too much theory of mind, too much interpretation, reading too much into um, people's behavior. The idea of the mentalistic um, spectrum is that there's an interesting range going from severe hypermentalism in, in autism to pathological hypermentalism in psychoses like paranoia. Everybody would fit if you think about it, because if you can have too little of something and too much of something, then the right amount is in the middle, as it were. What passes for normality is a more or less equitable balance between um, being uh, mentalistic enough to relate to other people and, and, and you know, rub along with them in, a, in an acceptable social way, but not being so mentalistic that, that you become paranoid, or so little mentalistic that you become autistic. It's a kind of balance you have to strike between the two, the, the, the two extremes, and of course it suggests that there would be a bell-shaped normal distribution curve uh, with the vast majority of people in the middle, but you would have extreme outliers. What it means is mental illness is really deviating away from standard, socially acceptable, balanced mentalism into an unbalanced state, either um, in, on the autistic side towards hypomentalism or towards the psychotic hypermentalistic side. We haven't got a single cognitive system We've actually got parallel systems. In a sense, we live in two different universes. We live in um, a mental universe with other people, where their minds, emotions, fears, exp expressions, intentions make sense, and are critically important in our, in our participating in that universe. But we live in a parallel universe of physical objects which don't have um, those things, or at least ought not to. Of course, if you start thinking they do, um, that might be uh, evidence of impending psychosis, because this is typically what um, hypermentalism does. So the idea is that there are these two different types of cognition. It may well be that some people who have deficits in one 
can compensate in the other. And this is what we think is happening in so-called autistic savantism. And what happens in autistic savantism is you find a person with serious mentalistic deficits, interpersonal people skills, very poor indeed, but um, they have astonishing compensations, often in very limited areas of what I would call mechanistic cognition. Um, one of the most common is calendar skills. For example, the ability to compute the date of Easter on more or less any year you like to uh, choose. So the idea is that in autistic savantism, you've got a deficit in the mentalistic universes, which uh, a lot seems to allow this overdevelopment in, on the mechanistic side. Now, it occurred to me that, that given the symmetry that we're talking about on this mentalistic um, continuum, um, might there not be a kind of psychotic savant on the hypermentalistic side, which was the equivalent of autistic savantism on the hypomentalistic side? And I strongly think there is. I think that there are probably quite a lot of people who have wonderful people skills, who are extremely intuitive, who are able to um, tune in on all kinds of subtle mentalistic things, which then enables them to develop outstanding talents on the mentalistic side. But, but often, you might suspect, this might go with deficits on the mechanistic one. However, because their interpersonal skills are so good, or at least not defective like the autistic sounds are, I don't think people notice them. So by and large, these people haven't been identified as a clinical population in the way the autistic sounds have. I mean, they stand out like, like, like a sore thumb. And as a result of that, these people's skills are probably deeply embedded in critical social institutions. And um, that might be true in a lot of areas, other areas of social life where mentalism looms large, such as politics, religion, public relations, uh, marketing, fashion, um, uh, literary and theatrical art and things like that. An interesting um, question. Could you be both, as it were, hypermentalistic and hypomentalistic and have high mechanistic skills and high mentalistic skills at the same time? On the face of it, the theory seems to suggest that you could do one or the other but not both. And yet there is incontrovertible evidence that some people are autistic and psychotic at the same time. That the best case is the Nobel Prize winning mathematician John Nash. So how do we explain this? Well, it may be that in some outstanding people, you can have both. You can then manage to maintain both in some creative, stable synthesis, which gave them a mind covering a vastly greater span of the spectrum that, that is normal, and perhaps explaining those people's outstanding um, achievements. So th this, would, this would be the, the explanation uh, for, for, for genius.